so you know after that first property then you're obviously going to be uh, better at pricing your service and then you can quickly get two or three four or five properties and be, be making three four thousand dollars extra a month just doing this on the side and then eventually um you know the choice is everyone's got different motivations i mean some people that buy my book they want to just simply do this on the side do maybe two or three hours of, of work in the morning before they go to work and, and others want to continue to scale it into a full-time business and and quit their job and never look back you're listening to brian winch creator of clean lots america's simplest business and truly that tagline is probably true because if you can walk and are willing to follow some simple advice you could easily pick up a few thousand extra per month on a very part-time basis or grow it into a six-figure business with only a little more effort. And you're about to hear all about it because Brian is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Brian Winch, creator and author of Clean Lots, America's Simplest Business. And today, we're going to talk trash, but I don't mean foul language. We keep that junk out of this show. Rather, we're going to talk about a simple side hustle Brian started in 1981 that he grew into a high six-figure solopreneur business. Brian started with little money, education, or skills, but plenty of passion, patience, and persistence. Now he shows others how to make good money from the same kind of simple home-based business, providing a green service that's almost as easy to do as going for a walk. So let's talk trash. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. It's great to be here. Yeah, we had a great conversation just the other day. I said, wow, i got to have Brian on the show to talk about this. And we already hinted at it in the opening. But what exactly does your business do anyways? Well, we provide a simple on-foot service using a unique hand tool where we walk exterior property outside commercial uh, buildings like strip plazas, uh, small office buildings, industrial warehouse uh, parks, and easily clean up litter into our collection tools from the sidewalks, the parking lot, the surrounding landscape, the entire exterior property. Yeah, so it's a really very basic, doesn't take a lot of education, got to college for four years and tons of student debt. (laughs) So this is something that anybody could really do. By the way, Let's talk about that for a second, and we're going to get into a lot more, like your your background and such, and how you got on this path. But for those like right up front saying, there's two things I think many people are going to come to mind right off the bat. Number one is, is there a stigma associated with picking up trash? And number two, how fit do you have to be to do such a kind of a a work in the first place? So maybe you could just hit those right off the top. Yeah, well, your second question right away before I forget it, (laughs) you don't have to be in any great shape. I mean, if you can go for a walk, you can do this kind of work. There's no heavy lifting. There's no bending over or anything like that. With the tools we use, it makes the job very easy to do. And uh, this, the stigma, well, you know what? There's always some people that will think, well, you know, this is not a sexy business. You know, I wouldn't want to be caught dead doing this. And then there's uh, a lot of other people such as myself that feel good about the service that we're providing in the community and we get satisfaction from seeing the results from our work and really it is simple work to do i mean if you can go for a walk uh, you can do this kind of work yeah absolutely and i know I, that's just kind of one of those things that i know some people are going to have that in the back of their head that's why i hit it right up front 
But to me, honestly, the best businesses are the things that other people are unwilling to do. And you know what? If you want to provide a service that other people aren't really willing to do, that's a great thing in your corner because that means you have less competition and you have a service, like you said, that you can provide very easily that you're just cleaning up. You're literally cleaning up in the bank because you're willing to provide this service and it shows real results in your community. And I just, I just thought that was important just to address that right off the top. So we talked about this a little bit when we were chatting the other day, Brian, but for our listeners, how did you get involved in cleaning litter from parking lots as a business? How did it come about that you went down this path to say, okay, this is going to be you know, a side hustle and then it became a full-time business for you. How did that come about? Okay, well, I was uh, 21 years of age back in 1981 and I was working a full-time job. I barely graduated high school, so I didn't go to college, didn't have a lot of money in the, in the bank, not a lot of skills. You know, I just finally, I came to the realization that there wasn't much of a future for me, you know, working at this job for the rest of my life. And I wanted to do something on my own. I was kind of had an independent streak and, and as a kid, uh, had the lemonade stand. And, and I shared the story uh, last time with you that I had a twist on the lemonade stand, but I set up a card table in front of my uh, parents' house when I was about five or six and, and started selling my younger brother's toys. <laughs> they weren't too happy with me. But anyway, you know, I always kind of had that entrepreneurial bent trying to find ways to, to work for myself. So my dad was a caretaker for the, the public school system, and he did a number of things to supplement his income when I was growing up. Uh, he would cut grass in the summer and clear snow in the winter. And he also cleaned up litter from a nearby shopping plaza a couple blocks away from where we lived. And he had taken me along with him a couple times when I was a young teenager, 13, 14. So, you know, it was 1981. And unfortunately, my dad had just unexpectedly passed away at the age of 61. And I thought, well, you know what? I remember doing this, this work when him taking me along with him a couple of times. You know, why not? You know, let's take a look and see if I can turn his side hustle into a full-time business. So it started from there. I didn't have his experience to call upon, but I did know my market was property management companies and he had dealt with one in particular. And so I just grabbed the internet of the day, that big fat yellow pages telephone directory and started to let my fingers do the walking. And, you know, started cold calling property management companies. And I guess three or four calls in, the property manager told me that it was a great, very opportune time for me to be calling them because they were just having the discussion in the office that they needed to find somebody who was reliable and punctual, would show up and do the work. And would I be interested? So they turned out to be my first client. And I started out with two or three properties. And that's where the School of Hard Knocks began. I learned how to market my business, you know, the best tools to use. I kind of refined my elevator pitch, you know, et cetera. And my business grew with my experience uh, for, uh, starting out from those first two pro um, properties. That's awesome. So it was a side hustle. It became a full-time business. So when you talk about a full-time business, how many hours does that really entail for you and this kind of work? Well, the goal when I started this was to work for myself. I, you know, I saw it originally as just a simple one-man operation. So I quickly, within a matter of uh, several weeks, scaled it from a side hustle into a full-time one-man operation. And I was quite content for a, a couple of years doing that. But then I became a victim of my own success, I guess. So, you know, so quite a few of my customers were asking for more of me at more of their properties. And I could only be so many places at one time. So I continued to scale the business and I started recruiting other people. 
that shared the same desire to work outdoors, make some extra money before they went to their jobs. They, a lot of people had kept their full-time jobs, but they did this on the side. And uh, my business continued to grow where I had an army of people all across the city. And over the years, we kept adding more people that were full-time, part-time, where weekends only. And we grew the business to the point where we're billing out over $700,000 a year in just cleaning up parking lots from the, the litter, you know, providing no other services. Yeah, that, that's and that, like I said earlier, cleaning up, you're no kidding about that. So <laughs> when you're bringing people on, I'm, I'm curious, because this is a, you know, obviously a, a show that kind of caters for solopreneurs. Were you bringing them on like a, they were an independent contractor? Were they employees? How did that look for your business? Well, we decided early on to, to hire them as independent contractors. Uh, then yeah, we just found that we attracted a more reliable type of person that wanted to have their own business. Or in some cases, they already had their own business. They were cleaners. They maybe were cleaning the insides of buildings and they're looking for uh, other types of cleaning contracts. So uh, it just was a great arrangement. And there's less supervision really on our part. They're, they tend to be more reliable because they are in business and they obviously you know, want the work and they're not going to jeopardize that by cutting corners or not showing up. And in some cases, we, we do hire some people that this is maybe their first side hustle or their first business. And we kind of showed them the ropes. We have them sign an independent contractor's agreement that sets up that these are the expectations. And as long as you do the work, everything will work out fine. Yeah, I love that too. Because when you have a vested interest in something, you're, you're far more likely to, to work hard for yourself. And I think anybody, should, if you're going to work for an employer, you should work hard for your employer. But really, you do have a vested interest when it's your own business. And it just makes sense that that would be a, a high quality. Always hesitate to use the word hire because really you're, you're outsourcing. And it's just smart, you know, team building is what you're doing here. And we talk about that uh, quite frequently here and in the community. So <laughs> one thing I couldn't help but notice, Brian, when we talked the very first time is that you're really kind of a down-to-earth kind of guy. You don't, not real flashy or anything like that. So <laughs> I'm guessing in this kind of business, it's not, you're not sitting there doing a, the, you don't have to be a born salesman, I guess you might say, to, to run this kind of a business. So you say that you had a school of hard knocks, and that's where a lot of us came from. You know, we kind of learned because we've made so many sinking mistakes that <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me try something else. And then we're trying to learn from other people. What kind of things influenced you and how did you learn? Was it simply all just from the ground up and hard knocks? Did you have any influences or how did you, you know, grow as, as a professional in this type of business? What led you to grow and, and become more successful? Well, I'm an introvert. So, you know, a lot of people think that if you're going to be successful in this business or any business for that matter, you've got to be, have an extroverted personality and you've got to be the quote unquote born salesman. And there can be nothing further from the truth. I mean, I just learned from experience and there's a lot of material. It's even easier now if you're going to start a business because there's everything is on the internet. You can take courses, just the information is right at your fingertips. But when I started out, I had to actually go to the library or, or the magazine stand and, and, and pick up some books and re- read different material on how to make a sales pitch and develop the sales skills. But, but more importantly, I just learned from doing it myself, what worked, what didn't. And you know, I quickly realized that you have to get to the point quickly, but sell the benefits of your product or service. That's At the end of the day, people will buy from you if they feel that you're going to make their life easier in my case, give my prospects cleaner properties for less money. Yeah, that seems like a really easy sell too, because you can go to 
any mall or shopping plaza parking lot, and you instantly can get a feel for the place. If the place is trash, it's like, okay, this is like a low rent district. Do I really want to shop here? And you're going to drive potential customers away, which means you're probably not going to pull in as much rent as a, a building owner leasing to businesses. On the other hand, if you take care of your property, then obviously you're going to be able to have a higher rent. It's just only part of it, but that's a big part of it because that's your first impression. You drive into the parking lot and you see that there. When you talk about like parking lots, you, you know, I'm assuming you do the parking lots and the yards around it and stuff like that. But do you expand? Is it simply just the outdoors in your business? Or you know, I'm just curious, like what else? Do you have like supplementary services? What else do folks that either yourself or other people that you've helped do this? You know, you mentioned earlier you have people that do like indoors and they said, okay, let me find another income stream and they bring it to the outside. Those typically come together into like a single contract with your clients or how does that look? Well, we focus strictly on cleaning the outdoors, uh, the grounds, if you will. But yeah, there are some people that work for us that maybe have some small cleaning contracts, maybe cleaning banks or a, a medical clinic. And for whatever reason, maybe they're not that great at generating sales or business for themselves. So they're actively looking for other cleaning contracts. And my work will appeal to them because it may be something that's a little bit different, gets them out of the inside of the building, but they're just going for a walk. And it's, it's not difficult. You don't need expensive tools to provide this service. It's just simple hand tools, especially the ones we use. You can see that on our website. It's got a large opening. It's a collection tool. So you simply walk up to an item and sweep it into the collection tool and off you go to the next piece of litter, which could be several yards away. And in the basically the time it takes to walk the property, you know, you've filled your, the, your collection tool and you dump the material into a waste dumpster on site and off you go to the, the next job site. Yeah, it's really straightforward. I mean, I, I don't know how you could really make this hard. <laughs> it's like, I mean, seriously, I mean, what does it take, really? You're finding stuff there and... Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean... You know, that's a great question because, you know, a, a lot of people get into the cleaning business and then they get contracts and then that's all they do. They just show up and you've got to do more than just show up and clean the, the buildings. You've got to go extra and provide that extra value. So what we do when we train all of our people at Workforce is, you know, you know when you're cleaning up, if you notice some things like a stop sign's been run down there's or there's fresh graffiti on the building or uh, some lights have been burnt out or or for another thing that happens quite often, actually, is uh, people, instead of going to the dump and pay the dump fees, uh, they'll, in the middle of the night, visit a nearby shopping plaza, and go around to the back of the building where the waste dumpsters are, and, and dump their large TV set or their mattress. And so when we see that sort of stuff, we take a picture and we forward it to our client the next day, and they really appreciate that communication, and we act as an extra set of eyes for them. So they appreciate the service we provide, but we're making their job easier by providing this extra little bit of value. And it does a couple of things. It helps develop that business relationship. They appreciate the extra value we bring. And so they're more likely to want to continue doing more business with us as opposed to somebody who would just show up and do the work. And then, you know, oftentimes in our clients' minds, they, they might be wondering, well, we never hear from this other fellow. Uh, how do we know they're even showing up at the property? Other than yeah. maybe if their check's a bit a little bit late that month, and then they're phoning <laughs> us and wondering, where's, where's my payment? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. And anytime you can go over and above your clients, that's awesome. I, I love to and hear And it's common sense. That. Yeah, know, it is. And, and, and I Very think really it's common sense, but it's lost. A, a lot of people don't seem to understand that. They think, well, that's not my place to say something or do something. But really, it, it's pretty simple. 
Yeah, it's being proactive too, which which really sets you aside also because if you have, like you mentioned earlier, you have an employee mentality. Those are people that just as likely aren't even going to look at that stuff, much less report it, if there is some kind of ongoing issue that could be taken care of. I love that. It sounds to me also, I was thinking while we were talking today, that this would be a great opportunity also to joint venture their company. I'm just curious, do you do that at all? Like do you connect with like landscaping companies or or you know, snow removal companies or whatever that they can say, hey, I you do this business, here's an adjunct we can do together, or do you ever go in yeah. together with companies? Exactly. That's a good point. And there are like larger landscape companies that have been asked by their customers to provide this service, but they really don't want to do it and hire people themselves. So they will contract the workout to a company such as mine, et cetera. And so that's a great opportunity to look into other than just approaching property management companies and getting the, the contracts yourself. But yeah, there's all sorts of different possibilities. We don't want to be a jack of all trades, wind up being a master of none. So we've chosen just to specialize it in this niche service and do it better than anybody else. Yeah, that's kind of what we was talking about earlier too. It's like, do you do multiple things? And like you said just now, you focus on the one thing you do and you do it very, very well. And I think that's great. And it's amazing that, I guess it really shouldn't be, but it is still amazing that such a simple business can be so lucrative. And yet there's, there's a high demand out there for, I can only imagine that you haven't told me this. I can only imagine there's huge demand for that because every single uh, shopping plaza out there, is, somebody's going to have to do this or they're going to have a junkyard in front of yeah. their buildings. So, yeah. and, well, you know, I mean, you have to maintain your properties for a number of reasons. So uh, the number one would be if you want your property to appreciate in value, you have to take care of it. Then of course, you're looking about if your name is on the property, you know, oftentimes property management companies will have signage, this property professionally managed by ABC Realty. And if you're going to have your name out there, you definitely want the public to see a clean property. So it's your image there as well. And actually, it's law. You know, a lot of cities have bylaws or ordinances that you have to maintain your property. So if you don't, and that they're unsightly and there's litter everywhere, people can oftentimes go online to wherever they live, uh, go online to the city, or, or if there's a phone number and you lodge a complaint and a bylaw officer will visit that property, if they feel that your complaint is warranted, they will contact the property manager or, or even they'll, they can find out who owns the property and send them a notice and say, hey, if you don't clean up your property within three days, we'll send a bylaw officer out there to do it. And then we'll bill you on your property taxes. Yeah. And this actually brings up another point in my mind also. Because you have a, a very on-site intensive type of business. So what happens when you want to take a vacation? How do you manage to take time off? Because I'm assuming this is the kind of thing where you're probably doing like every day or so many times a week contracts. Yeah. How does that work as far as when you want to, I don't know, go to the beach for the week or, or whatever, or go to the mountains or whatever? Yeah. How do you take time off from your business? How does that well, work? The people that we have working for us, you know, we just call upon them, ask them, you know, if they want extra hours. And usually they do whether it be weekends or during the week. And so we've, it's not really difficult to get somebody, your own people to cover for you. But yeah, this service is different that in that we don't go in and clean up an accumulation of material. The whole point of our service is our clients want their, their properties maintained litter-free. So depending on the size and the type of property, the range of service can be anywhere from three days a week to daily service, you know, five, six, seven days a week. That's really good. So talking about hours, how many hours did somebody say, I'm, I'm going to get started here? 
And this sounds like an opportunity I would like to look into. How many hours do they need to invest to actually get things rolling and, and create some kind of significant income? Well, obviously, you're going to be starting out with one client and you build and you scale from there. And I tell everyone that gets involved in this business, that's the best way to learn the business. Because when you get that first property, that's when you're going to learn the best way to service it and so that you're not covering the same the ground. You don't want to be walking over and over your footsteps. You kind of look at the building and say, okay, um, based on the size, I'm going to walk it, do two perimeters or three perimeters. and, And then so you're making use of how you walk the property and the making use of your time. So, you know, after that first property, then you're obviously going to be uh, better at pricing your service. And then you can quickly get two or three, four or five properties and be, be making three, $4,000 extra a month just doing this on the side. And then eventually, um, you know, the choice is everyone's got different motivations. I mean, some people that buy my book, they want to just simply do this on the side, do maybe two or three hours of, of work in the morning before they go to work and, and others want to continue to scale it into a full-time business and, and quit their job and never look back. Yeah. That's another question. It's funny, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like such a simple business, but I have so many questions about it. And I was just wondering, let's say somebody is say they, they want to do this and create a full-time income. Is this something that has to be like early morning or is, is there a certain times of day that works best well, yeah, in this business? Yeah. And that's another great question because Usually people don't see the service being done. So a lot of times they never realize or think that there's actually a service like this. So our service is best performed after hours. And that doesn't mean midnight, but it usually means that you're finished doing the work before the business is open first thing in the morning. And so that way, when everyone shows up, whether it's the people at work there or the customers that show up for to the stores or whatever, they, they see a clean property. So that it could be three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning where you're doing those hours. But some people do ask me, well, you know, Brian, you know, is it possible to, to work in the evenings? And yes, if you get the industrial office properties or the warehouse parks, because those businesses tend to shut down at five o'clock, uh, 5 p.m. And so it is possible to get out there in the evening hours and clean those properties. And so you can easily fit the type of properties with your working hours or yeah, like that, the hours that you'd like to do this. Yeah. So really, if, you know, if you're in a job right now listening to this and you want to start this, you really can do this. <laughs> really just does take a look into it. It's obviously something that you can fit the time in unless you're working from, from before dawn to after dark every day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hopefully you're not. And if you are, then it sounds like you need a business anyways, that you're at least building something for yourself or then you're killing yourself for an employer. I also noticed that this is a business that you can probably run extremely. You've mentioned a few times that it doesn't take a whole lot. It takes a simple tool, some basic contracts, some basic ethics in serving your customer well. But it doesn't sound like obviously this very much expense at all in this kind of a business. So I assume you could probably get started very frugally if you're like on a shoestring budget. This might be a really great opportunity for someone who says, look, I don't have much to invest, but I'd like to start something that can get me into my own business. How much can somebody realistically think it would take to, to get rolling in this kind of a business and actually start making some income? You can start this business just like I did on a shoestring budget, a couple hundred dollars, really. I mean, all you need, you can run this business from your home. I still do that. 40 years later, I mean, I have never had the need or desire to, to pay rent for some space that isn't going to be visited. So, but you know, the most important thing other than the unique tools that allow you to clean up uh, quickly and easily uh, 
is a, a mode of transportation. As long as you have a reliable vehicle, it doesn't matter if it's not a truck, it could be a car, van, whatever that gets you from one job site to the next, and you're good to go. Yeah. And almost anybody who probably listening to this has that or the ability to get that. So really, if this sounds like something that struck a chord, it's like, hey, I'd like to look into this more. We're going to give you the details in a moment on how you can find out more about this business opportunity because Brian has taught, how many people do you think you've taught? I mean, you, you teach people all the time about this yeah, opportunity. I, it, yeah, I, I've taught hundreds, if not, I don't know, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. I don't keep track of it because it's not a franchise I'm marketing. It's a book. I offer free support. So I'll be honest with you, not everybody who buys my book starts the business. So a lot of people for the price point that I'm selling it for, uh, tend to collect information and they'll buy my book just like they'll buy something else and, and read it and put it in the bookshelf. And with the idea that, well, you know, one of these days I'm going to get started. But for those people that are serious about it and actually start the business, you know, they reach out to me for free support. And, you know, I share several of my uh, successful students' stories uh, or testimonials on my website. And I've got one fellow who was a school teacher and he started out well, three or four years ago. And, and actually now he's upwards of 500 properties with a whole army of people uh, doing the cleanup for him. So he's glad he reached out. And he never really thought there was much of it at the time, but got into it and found uh, he was quite good at it. And the business came quite e easily for him. I, you know, I don't pretend to say it will happen for everybody because everyone brings different uh, skill set to the table. But, but really, you know, the reason I named this business the America's most simple business is because you can get started without a lot of skills and everything is outlined in the book and I provide the free support. So I have a saying, if you work the business, your business will work for you. Yeah. And I'm just going to say again, like you just mentioned, it's not a franchise. I think that's really important because a lot of people think of businesses outside. You know, in this podcast, we're all about solopreneurs. And if I'm not mistaken, you're still a solopreneur to this day because you're still an independent contractor for the people that work with you. They're not employees. And you build your own virtual team. So this is a solopreneur business. And yes, it's a it's a little bit different style than some of the ones we've talked about in the show in the past. I just I think it's so much opportunity, especially for somebody who says, I just I just need something simple. I don't have the ability to do all this flash and bang that, that some people are doing out there in business, or I don't want to have to learn a completely new skill set. It's gonna take me a year or two just to study before I can even get a business off the ground. How can I get started in something very quickly and simply to start my own business. And this sounds like a terrific opportunity for somebody who's looking for that and is just willing to do the work because that's, that's really any business really do the work. And if you're willing to do the work, put the investment of your time in, then you have sweat equity. You don't even have to have a lot of money. Like Brian said, a couple hundred dollars for some super basic equipment and you just need to go out there and grab a client. And it sounds to me like there's no shortage of clients. I mean, where I'm here in Texas, there are they're building up like everywhere you look, there's, there's buildings going up. And those are buildings that are going to need people to help them keep the place cleaned up. So if you are searching for something, I encourage you to look into what Brian has to offer. So speaking of that, Brian, how do people find out more about this, get your book and learn about this opportunity? Well, I encourage people to check me out, go to my website, which is cleanlots.com. And there's a free report, a PDF that you can download, which basically explains the opportunity. So you can decide for yourself whether it's something for you or not. And then also on my website, there's a three-minute video that people can watch. And it shows me actually doing the work, using my tools, walking around a parking lot. So you get a better understanding of what I'm doing and what tools I'm using and, and how easy the work is to do. 
That's great. So cleanlots.com, take a look at that and see if this might be the opportunity you've been looking for. I just love this conversation because I, I love this. It's so, I don't, don't want to say basic, but it, it's really a straightforward opportunity. And honestly, when I was younger, I would have, I would have jumped all over this because I was looking for something and I failed so many times in my first businesses I tried that I was trying to make it so much harder than it had to be. And this is a great opportunity for somebody who says, I just need to get started with something. I don't want to do something complex. This is a wonderful opportunity for those who are looking for something like that. So Brian, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and what you're doing here. Thanks, Steve. I had a great time. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. If you liked the podcast, you'll love the all-new Solopreneur Success Connections community at solopreneurcoach.com. Here you'll get exclusive access to our private, members-only community of business builders, free business building resources, and live online monthly training designed to accelerate your business success. Join us now at solopreneurcoach.com. Hey, solopreneurs, it's Steve Combs again. As always, you can find the show notes page for this episode on the Solopreneur Coach website, which includes all links mentioned in the episode. The quick link for this episode with Brian Winch is solopreneurcoach.com forward slash 059. Thank you for listening.